Flat Shoot Friday listeners, what's going on? What's up, Canning? How are you? Dude, it's been so freaking long since we've done this. I know, I forgot how to do it. I have no idea what we're doing. Uh, we did just spend at least 30 seconds preparing, <laughs> so that's quite a bit. It's actually, actually more, it's more than, than normal. It's more than normal. We have two wonderful people sitting across from uh, us today. Nick Litchfield, Rob Minio. Uh, welcome to Patio Beers version two is what we're going to call this episode. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate it, Sam. You guys got any beers going on? Yeah, I do. I don't know. Uh, it's the Einstock Olgert. Is that how you guys pronounce that? Olga? I'll buy that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It has a Viking on it. It says something about 8%. It's pretty yeah. heavy. 8%? Yeah. yeah. The wee heavy. So if you guys don't know, I don't like to drink beers that are less than 6% alcohol. So I have noticed that. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a waste of time. I know. Last time we did this, uh, I think I was drinking a Miller Lite and- you guessed the alcohol percentage exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 4.2. I remember it. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking water. Uh, I have a night flight tonight, unfortunately. Ooh, yeah. Hard dude, judged. I know. We're like, uh, we're right on the wire here because this episode is due tomorrow. Uh, flight through Friday. This is Thursday, the day before. Um, and we kind of rest in our laurels. So kind of done with the engineer talk, right? We just finished up our ALC stuff. That was a long series. Yeah. So what's new? Uh, no more mustaches. We yep. didn't, we never talked about our mustaches. Even Rob had to shave his. Um, yeah, I, I did that under pressure from, you know, well above us, but that was just to restart the race with them. Okay. But I do have to say the 65 division had the best mustache representation. Oh, yeah. I... So, Nick, you, you talked to me when I got here or got in yesterday. I just had... Charles uh, said something to me today about me looking weird without a mustache. And so I just talked to my wife the other night and said like, yeah, you know, I really miss it. And she's like, yeah, you look okay, but like, I can't stand that thing, like touching me. They think the grossest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to bring it back. Just when's it, it going to come back? I would say uh, spring Ahar session. I'll start growing it again. Okay. Yeah. Or mustache March. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking about growing mine back already for like a little Christmas present. I, I think the Christmas <laughs> present would be... To finally put the, a plan together to take a division picture with at least 80% of us having mustaches. That is true. We yeah. did miss we, our we opportunity. We had some great mustaches. Mm-hmm. We missed our opportunity. I, I we, had I had a problem in that I couldn't stop touching mine. So like my upper lip would go numb because I would just run my fingers through it. So I think my favorite was uh, Jake Lawson would take his mustache <laughs> and shove it up into his nostrils. Oh, yeah. Did you try it? it up in there? I did try. It feels good. It is. <laughs> Mine's not long enough yet. Should we give a shout out to the mustache oil company? I think, uh, well, it's isn't it uh, like a Viking, kind of like your beers? <laughs> I think so. What was it called? I don't remember. You don't remember? It uh, helped uh, helped us grow some pretty solid stashes, though. I mean, we all used the same bottle. I yep. will say. Hygienically, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if a wardroom is in need of uh, like a community mustache oil, uh, I think it was Einstock or, or something. Yep. You just get it, get, you know, pee touch it, you know, mustache juice, throw it on the table in the, in the wardroom. Good to go. Men just start putting it on their upper lip for some reason. I know. Yeah. That's good. Well, we're talking about nothing aviation related, so let's do a highlight. There's a ton of good stuff going on in the fleet. I think uh, we'd be remiss not to talk about the Thanksgiving miracle. Um, you were mentioning kind of what happened on this Carnival cruise ship. Uh, what, what, why did this guy fall off? What I saw on a news story was that uh, short video clip that the gentleman was with his sister at a bar on the fourth deck of the uh, cruise ship, and the staff was not happy about him vaping at the bar. 
So yeah. he was asked to leave and went outside to vape and then it was never seen vanished again. up in smoke. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, nice dude. Yes. And Spent. many hours later was, was found. Yeah. 15 hours later, uh, freighter saw him. And then you also said that he was just wearing a sock. Hearsay. That was, uh, probably like, you know, fourth or, or fifth hand, uh, you know, hearsay was that just had a sock on. I mean, Maybe the impact of hitting the water clothes were removed. Yeah. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah. Four stories. Where probably. was he wearing a sock? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Oh yeah. The uh, crew was, uh, Travis Ray, uh, was the PIC. Andrew Campbell was the co-pilot, uh, Jake Scarborough and then Clark Heffley where, uh, Kenny, you and I served with him in San Francisco. Yeah. So, uh, congrats to that crew. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my second aircraft commander case, someone didn't fall off a cruise ship, but a cruise ship was leaving, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And the captain was on the like fly bridge out on the side there. And it was like, I just heard someone yelling, help, help, help. And their like arms were like waving over their head or something. So there was something like that or someone on the, uh, some drunk guy on the plenum deck heard like it. And so like they launch us at like two in the morning and you're like, great. Some, some drunk guy or, you know, saw someone. Sure enough, we got there. There's a guy standing on a overturned little boat waving his arms, just no like the drunk way. guy said. Also yeah. question, what the hell is a plenum deck? Uh, can, we, can we get someone to Google that real quick? Yeah, let's, let's Google it. Where's our producer at? Hey, my you, my cricket that. mobile doesn't work in this Dude. room. Yeah. What did I even say? I don't even remember. Plenum, yeah. The plenum deck. Have you ever been on a cruise? No. I think a plenum deck is like the hangout spot up top. Plenum deck. Let's see here. Nope. Nothing to do with cruise ships. I have measuring verbal psychotherapeutic techniques. See in plenum space. Yep. Plenum. Okay. Okay. We'll continue on. Are we talking but about nice maybe, job. The, maybe the poop deck? Plenum no, the deck. poop deck's on the back. Okay. That shoots out turds. Out the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice job uh, to the crew over yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, that is, that, that is an awesome back. job. Yeah, let's get back on, on the horse here. All right, Kenny, I think we got one more shout out here uh, for a crew up in Atlantic City. Um, first time hoist for Jack Walsh, the co-pilot. I think he just finished right seat skills. Um, we're going to give him a quick uh, phone call. We'll see if we can get him on the line. Okay. Okay. Let's, do it. let's, let's see what happens here. Yo. Hey, Jack. It's Sam Haffensteiner. How are you? Good, man. Hey, buddy. You're Hello. on, you're on Flight Suit Friday. You got, uh, Kenny, uh, Ingram here, Nick Litchfield and Rob Minio, our guest for the day. How's it going, dude? Good, guys. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Can you hear us all right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, we, uh, I barely introduced this case. We know that uh, it was your first uh, live hoist. You want to give us a little backstory? Yeah, sure. Uh, the day actually kind of started pretty funny. I, uh, around 5.30 in the morning, uh, I was already up just because I don't sleep well enough anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, and the audio was uh, knocking on my door. I immediately kind of got up and answered the door. And she was like, oh, good, you're awake already. I was uh, trying to call you on your phone, and I was duty phone. I was like, uh, everything okay? She's like, yeah, there's, uh, there's just a case about, like, 15 miles south of uh, Long Island for a uh, confirmed PLW. Um, I was like, okay. Uh, she's like, yeah, we're just kind of waiting on you. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Um, really? I, uh, yeah, I... Uh, 
talked about the coast a little bit uh, with Anders and the ODO, and we get out there, start at the plane, head out there. About 10 minutes into the case, we get a call from Sector saying, oh, it's going to be a medevac um, station, Trinicac, pick them up on the 47. Um, and their sector's kind of coordinating what hospital to go to, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, but they just decided kind of right before we got to the 47, pick them up, and then uh, EMS was going to meet us at Station Shinnecock. Um, yeah, we uh, sent the swimmer down to the boat. We had about 40 minutes of on-scene time for fuel mm-hmm. before we were kind of had to start worrying about that stuff. Um, How'd it feel to be yeah, in, in the right seat for your first hoist, dude? Oh, it was good. I mean, we were kind of going up there and it was like a confirmed PIW. We were like, okay, um, you know, how many searches are we going to go on with, you know, this is just kind of another case, another case. And then we heard, uh, Sector saying, I know it's going to be a medevac and Anders kind of, kind of looked at each other and like, okay, all right, this is the, uh, the one. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was a great crew to be doing it with. Anders is, yeah, fun doing with Anders. He's the next first life save Maz. Yeah, what was that? Uh, yeah. I have AMT2. Yeah, Anthony Mazzatelli. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, so he was pumped. That was his first first big case. Oh, hold on one sec. We got uh, we got Anders calling in. We're going to add him in here. Right. Durs, you there? Hello. Hello. Handsome Jack is on the line oh. with me. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so just to, just to bring you up to speed, uh, Durs, Jack was telling us that uh, you were on your way out to take the right seat for the case. He punched you in the face, <laughs> uh, jumped in there quickly, started to get the aircraft going, and uh, then you guys went out for the case. Is that correct? No, that's essentially <laughs> what happened. As, as soon as he uh, threatened physical violence, I knew I had no chance. So I just <laughs> gave it to him. Uh, we, went, we went ahead with the plan. That's good. Yeah, we were just, uh, he was catching us up uh, out to the hoisting uh, area, and, and uh, Anthony Mazzatelli was your mech, and then who was your swimmer on that one, guys? Mike Bicarella. Yeah, Mike was our swimmer on that one. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, you sent me an interesting article, Durs, about the backstory of this case. So in general, like, you went out for a search and then got diverted for a medevac, uh, and we could talk a little bit more about the hoisting, but what was the whole search for? Yeah. Um, so we, we, we didn't know much, uh, when it came up, um, we were just told, I think, you know, PIW, um, and you, you know, you, you go out there kind of expecting, uh, not necessarily that you're going to get the live voice, but as we were going, kept getting updates and it went from like PIW to like, Hey, uh, it's confirmed. There's, there's someone out there. And then that turned into, you know, Oh, the, uh, the 47 already picked them up and you know, you're, you, you got to go get them and, uh, deliver them somewhere. Um, which was kind of fun. It was, it was kind of cool to see, uh, Jack was just the most stoked person I've ever seen in my life. Sitting <laughs> in the right seat, like as, as the info started coming in and it, you know, became something real. Um, it, it was really fun. We had this beautiful, beautiful sunrise getting out there. It was just, uh, very pleasant overall. Um, <laughs> but that's what we were told about the case. Um, 
And then that backstory article I sent you kind of uh, filled in some missing pieces on the back end. But Jack, did, did uh, you have anything else with that? Yeah, that was good. So Jack, uh, I, got, I got to ask: was was Anders a, a nervous Nelly over there? Like, do you feel him making control inputs, or was he over there just like taking pictures and Instagram videos? He was Snapchatting the whole time. Uh, yeah, he was taking some pictures and enjoying the sunset or the sunrise. Uh, but it was okay. awesome. It was a good good first tour traveling. I don't think we can get nice. Jack to say anything bad about dirt. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, keep keep poking. He'll he'll have something for you. <laughs> yeah, Jack. No, uh, from from my side though, it was just kind of funny. I, you, you know, uh, uh, Jack had the right seat, and I was like, "Yeah, man, it's it's your show," and uh, uh, let him let him run with it. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have to do anything. I was I was impressed. Guy's a guy's a stud. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Jack, did you get did you get the jitters at all? Did you get that like little nervous feeling in your stomach? Like, uh oh, this is For this real. is the real deal, man. Probably when we were about on scene, it really kicked in. Like when I could actually see the forty seven. Yeah. Um, just kind of in the middle, like whatever, like fifteen miles offshore from Long Island. Uh, that was just the only thing out there. But uh, I would say about five minutes on scene. But just talking with the crew, kind of just going through checklists and everything, it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty standard. It was pretty much just like an RT2, yeah, uh, doing it, doing it, doing it to a forty-seven, which I had always been told you're never going to hoist to the back of a forty. You're, like, you're <laughs> never going to hoist to the back of the coast guard boat. Yeah, that's pretty ironic. I feel like you're trying to be a little bit modest. You're like, yeah, it's just like an RT2, but it's but it's also not right. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. it's not like, this is the real deal. You know, this is someone who was, you know, almost died. And now you're pulling them off of a back of a boat. I, I don't know. I still feel it. Sometimes you're like, okay, even, even for training, like a swimmer going to a 47, you're like, Oh, here, okay. This is real. I can't, I can't screw this one up. You know, I can't just bang yeah. the basket yeah. into the back of the, you know, um, superstructure and be like, eh, well, I'll board yeah, this one. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> Jack, you were uh, yeah. were you recently like right seat skills called, or were you a first pilot at that point, or just co pilot right seat skills? Uh, just co pilot right seat skills. Heck yeah. uh, I finally just finished uh, night portion stuff. So, nice. Uh, like three weeks before that or so. So that's just got the uh, the okay to stand uh, to uh, sit right seat for the entire uh, for the entire entire Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good validation, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was it was funny in that brief too. You know, you go through and you're like talking about potential uh, cases coming up, and it's like, uh, all right, you know, Jack, your right seat skills day and night. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, you want uh, <laughs> you want to keep the right seat day? He's like, yeah. Uh, all right, well, hey, what about night, man? He's like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> you, we're we're gonna we're gonna pry that thing out of his hand uh, for anything. So it's good. Uh, I just. Uh, I want to mention this, Durs, because you, you kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, but the case was kind of surrounding you guys going to look for this New York doctor that was in charged in a $100 million fraud uh, for, I don't know, embezzlement or something. And uh, the, the case kind of seemed like he might have been part of this crew and maybe the other passenger and disappeared, kind of fake his own death. Is that, is that, am I reading into that correctly? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you read the same article that I did, and uh, <laughs> oh, hopefully, come on, hopefully, come on, dude. <laughs> no, hopefully, don't call like, out my uh, research you, here. <laughs> uh, you know, can't be. I can't be held liable for the, any uh, the truthfulness of these statements. But uh, what it what it seemed like, and we again, we didn't figure any of this out until later. But it just seemed weird. You know, we're sitting there, and and you kind of get that um, real sense of purpose, you know, once you've found one person and you're, you're sent out, um, on another, cause we, you know, we had delivered the guy, um, and been told to you field up and been told to go back out and search and everyone is still, you know, it's game time. There, there's another person out there as far as you're concerned, you know? So we had a, a very intense search looking for this guy and we, we get called off, which I thought was a little strange. Uh, but you know, we were getting close to, bingo and and the 60 was out there um and you're you're kind of bummed you know like that's you, you especially after seeing the survivor that we had picked up who was in a uh pretty hypothermic state it wasn't uh wasn't friendly conditions out there by mm-hmm. any means um and yeah so you kind of you kind of have a, a sense that you you know you failed you couldn't find that other guy and and then it turns out i, I think someone sent me that article and the other guy was uh you know allegedly this really wealthy doctor from New York who was in some sort of you know, hundred million dollar embezzlement scheme or something like that. And, uh, it seemed if you put all, put all the pieces together, you know, that if you'd gone out there with this guy, their boat had magically sank super rapidly after hitting a tanker that they later found out, you know, there wasn't any tankers anywhere near that area. Um, and, uh, you know, assuming another boat came and grabbed him and he's sitting, uh, you know, sipping daiquiris in Mexico somewhere or something. I don't know. Man. Uh, but it was, it was pretty, pretty interesting. That's life changing money right there. That is. Well, you asked <laughs> yeah, how, how much yeah. do you pay the other guy for having no, to jump that, in the water for... <laughs> That was, yeah, that was my first question. I, and, and I mean, Jack can tell you that survivor was not in good shape, uh, yeah. before, poor guy had been uh, through the ringer, had, had suffered some lacerations to his face, all kinds of stuff. So, yikes! Uh, I, hopefully, hopefully he got a good paycheck out of it. I don't know, but yeah. Man, well, that's that's awesome, guys. Uh, congrats, Jack. Congrats on your first choice, man. That's a that's a big moment for any uh, Coast Guard aviator. That's really cool, dude. Well trained by a good uh, key course instructor. Yeah, uh, we well, haven't inflated yeah. the floats yet, uh, so. <laughs> Still plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time for that. Hopefully they remove them before you hit that button accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's good chatting right. with you. We'll let you go. All right. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us on. Miss you guys. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, Bye. guys. I made fun of Durs for doing video stuff. Were you in San Francisco where it was me and Dakota Brody, and we were hoisting off like a cruise ship or something? And he like kind of taps my, I'm in the right seat. I'm hoisting. He kind of taps my leg. Uh-huh. I look over and he tried to take a picture, but the flash, the extended flash was on. So it was like nighttime and he just hit me with like a three second flash. He's like, oh my God, I am so sorry about that. Simulated. <laughs> Simulated. Oh my God. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, do you guys remember your first live hoist? Yeah, I do. What was, um, what was yours? It was a left seat. I was like a brand new co-pilot. Yeah, uh, and I was with Mark Bonner, oh, and nice. uh, he, he was. was it, it was terrible. only a deployment. It's just a swimmer deployment, but uh, there was this 
a sailboat that uh, got caught up on the rocks. And it was a pretty nasty night back in Savannah, you know, dark out, wind was kicking. And I think that's what got this guy in trouble. And uh, just from the approach angle that we came in on, it looked like I had the better viewpoint from the left seat. And he's like, hey, man, do you want this hoist uh, just yeah. to put the swimmer in the water? I think we had Mike Bearski at the time. Bear. And uh, we dropped uh, Bearski in the water and, and uh, you know, he got off the hook and Mark did the recovery. But I was like, it was funny listening to that last story because I was like, man, I kind of remember my first hoist and uh, just strange, strange circumstances from the from the left seat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had one. Uh, so our current uh, DXO uh, commander, Dave Middleton, he went out in a case uh, with Jesse Kaiser, mm-hmm. um, and I want to say they did a cliff rescue somewhere near the Golden Gate Bridge. And Jesse had not been through right seat skills yet, and he ended up doing the hoist. And I think Jesse came out with maybe a page seven or a handshake and Dave got like the Dedalian award for flying <laughs> with like, they, like they specifically wrote like flew with an untrained, unqualified pilot. So yeah. Dave sat in the seat doing nothing the entire time and Jesse did yeah. the whole hoist, got no award. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That checks out. What was your first one? I, we already did an episode on that. You had the golden ray was your that first? That was my first one. Wow. After right seat skills, man, it was a drought for, um, uh, yeah, a little over a year. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. I was halfway through right seat skills. I was day complete and went out on a case, medevac off of uh, Point Magoo out in the Channel Islands out there. Um, and this is going to sound cheesy, but like I remember picking up the guy and then as we were going back to the hospital, like looking back and seeing him back there and being like, today, if, if I had nothing else happens for the rest of my career, like today is the reason why I joined the Coast Guard. I mean, that's really cheesy. That but sounds very cliche. But it sounds cliche, right? But I felt that way don't in the go moment. Tearing like, up on us. Dude, I'm going to start tearing. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> and up nice. I'd, I'd be tearing up if I was drinking water too. I know. Dude, <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. I got to get the mission done tonight. Mm-hmm. Got to get that X. Do you even remember your first choice? I don't. I was just trying to think. I don't. <laughs> think I do. There's a couple that come to mind. Um, so th- going back to like Durr's case where you're like, yeah, might've been some shady stuff on there. Uh, Puerto Rico, um, I'm with Kelly Smith, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, co-pilot, right seat skills called. We're like doing a RT1 and flying around uh, in Brink in there. Mm-hmm. And we hear tower call to an aircraft that's like, hey, um, understand your inbound maintenance issue or something like that. We don't hear anything back from the, the aircraft. And then... Two minutes later, tower reaches out again, like, understand, like, uh, declaring an emergency, you've got high oil temperature or something like that. It was like a twin, uh, I don't, I don't know, civilian, I don't know anything fixed. We'll call it Pilatus, how about that? Uh, those That's are a twin single, something, right? I don't think so. Okay. Nate Sulare will, will correct us, I'm we'll sure. We'll just stop talking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, small plane, uh, with two engines on it. Got it. And so, the next radio call was... Hey, I've lost an engine. And then like six seconds later, like, oh, I'm going in the water. And that was like the last call. And so they were on like, we're like, hey, tower, like where exactly were they? And they're like, oh, they're on a seven mile final to run with eight. And so we're like, oh, whoa. Okay. Um, and you kind of got that like little tingly back of the neck feeling. You're like, uh, okay, uh, let's start heading that way. Hey, swimmer, if you're not like, changed out, like I'd start getting your fins on, man. Yeah. Um, and so we blast like 130 knots going and sure enough, like, there's an aircraft in the water. Um, the dude had his life jacket on, 
was standing on the wing and had a briefcase with him and the aircraft just sunk and then he like went into the water. Dude. Yeah. Was he like super calm, cool and collected he like looked, <laughs> standing on the wing? That's just, why I was like, this seems huh. like he was coming from Dominican Republic. Yeah. Airplane crashes. He's like got his briefcase ready to go. Hops yeah. off. Cool. Uh, Thanks. Wonder what's in the briefcase. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. We, we busted it open. $100 million. I can't, I, I can't say what happened after that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I feel like a decent amount of people know who uh, PJ Johansson is. Um, he is the current AOPS over in New Orleans now. He's an instructor here for five years. Instructed out at AHARS for all five years and got a great mustache. I was going to say, yeah. Fantastic. Foremost. Fantastic mustache. Yeah. And he's a SAR magnet. Just a, a mustache mentor. Just a great guy. So uh, he is our new unicorn. And let's ask him a few questions about it. So let me call him. Hello. PJ, you're on Flight Soup Friday with Kenny, uh, Rob Minio, Nick Litchfield, and I. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, dude. What's up? We're cold calling you. I uh, have one question. How does All it, right. How does it feel to be the newest unicorn of the aviation uh, world making 05 with no staff? I mean, or, Sam, or Sam, Warren told me what, Sam Warren told me it wasn't going to happen, so... How did it happen, dude? <laughs> this is crazy. Congratulations, man. It's because of you. Nah, that's not true. That's not true. Me taking credit for y'all's hard work in Mobile. <laughs> it's because I took that soul-sucking job that last year in Mobile. Yeah. So, so you just you just revealed the secret for our senior leadership in the Coast Guard? You just steal uh, other people's hard work and claim it as your own. It's called a collab. Yeah, you, stand, yeah, you just stand <laughs> on the shoulders. He's, yeah, perfect, perfect. Oh <laughs> uh, man, how, how's uh, how's standing star duty out there in New Orleans? I heard you guys had a lot of crazy cases the last couple of weeks. It's awesome. This place is. Uh, I mean, we've had a couple of cases here the last month. Like, literally saves people's lives. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw like uh, the guy that fell off the cruise ship. I mean, that's a that was a miracle in itself, finding yeah. that guy yeah. at night. So uh, I, I think that's great. There was a rumor that he was found with just one sock on. Is that true? If you can confirm or deny. <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Nice. That wow. is a fact. I can't, I can't divulge too much information. But no, yeah, no, but I, I feel I, like I would swim better naked too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> After barely passing my annual swim test. Yeah. How hypothermic. <laughs> all the clothes. How hypothermic are you after 15 hours? Well, it's, uh, you know, the harness deployment of the restroom or the sling, like that proved it's worse on that one just to get that dude some flotation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, and then they ended up putting him in a basket to get him in the aircraft. But like that was super beneficial just keeping him afloat because, I mean, you saw in the oh, video yeah. that guy was going down. You yeah. had to be smoked after all that time. Un unbelievable. What other cases? You you said you mentioned you've saved a couple other lives. Any other ones? Well, not me personally. It's just these guys. You know, I mean, I've I've had my fair you know star here, but not like these guys are getting. Uh, I mean, we had those three guys that were in the water for twenty six hours. Yeah, I uh, heard didn't hear about that. Either. Yeah, Exploring. yeah, they. Uh, that was that cruise fourth case on duty that day. In their 24-hour period, I think they flew probably nine hours on duty. Damn. Wow. Uh, yeah, first case was a boat hit the hit the jetty, ejected three guys. They were able to save two of them. Um, another case where a guy overdosed and jumped off a shrimp boat. 
So they went delivered Narcan to that. There's one other one. Wasn't there a uh, helicopter crash? Yeah. Man, you know, that was, uh, I just, so that was one of y'all's former 65 pilots in the right seat uh, who graduated his T course like a year before going to the 60s, so still pretty new. Uh And I just finished his right seat skills the week before. Nice. And so I was like, you know, when you're kid, like, I mean, you guys don't have kids old enough to drive like I do, but like the first time my daughter left the house to go drive, I was just like pins and needles. And I was taking ops calls for that one for the whole time. I'm like, and I hope he's okay out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that was, uh, that was wild. And we read the preliminary investigation on that one. The pi- it was actually a medical emergency for the pilot. Really? Uh, yeah, he was just like, something's wrong. And the guy sitting next to him is like, what the hell are you like, no with me. And then just keeled over on the controls. Oh man. Whoa. Um, and so the other guy, I don't know what his experience was up front. I don't think he's a pilot, but for some reason he rolled the twist grip back. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Step one. Put the aircraft in the water. Yep. Um, turn it off. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do auto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. Uh, that's great. Well, Nick, weren't you, you're stationed in New Orleans as a swimmer, weren't you? Best four years of my life. Yeah. 100%. Tons of SAR. I showed up there, and then the first, gosh, it must have been like the first six months, I had more hands-on patients and survivors than I did four years in Cape Cod. Wow. Just busy. Just a wild place. <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm sure it's still alive, but definitely a work-hard, play-hard mentality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we have fun here. We just got done doing uh, two aircraft, doing Ladpoo, hoisting for the last hour and a half out in the ramp. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, we just got... Yeah. Just got done doing a bunch of lad poo training out in Astoria, so uh, definitely kind of getting that out to the fleet right now, which is really cool. I'm stoked to see that you guys are doing that out at ARs now. Yeah. I know we, we pushed for that, and there was some pushback, so it's good to see it. Yeah. Made it across the finish line like everything else. It's happening. It is happening. Uh, cool, dude. Well, where do you want to go as a, as a newly minted 05 when that happens? Oh, right, right here is ops. Okay. And are you going to hang it yeah. up after that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. We can talk more when you guys come fishing with me. Okay. I'll yeah, make dude, sure. I'm PJ. I'm so excited to go fishing with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna send you guys another picture when I got the phone about with what, what Ops got the other day. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's gonna happen. Nice. Sweet, dude. Well, thanks for letting us cold call you, man. Yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys. I'll be in Mobile. I got stand visit next week, and then the week after that, I'll be there for my P course. Sweet, dude. We'll see you. We'll bro out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> okay, bye. See you guys. O five unicorn. Yeah. Is he the first O five unicorn since Sanborn? I don't think there's probably someone else out there. That has no staff and no grad school. Yeah, I'm sure. Would you guys ever want to be an O five unicorn? I would take it. You take it? Yeah. I could yeah. uh, skate out of headquarters work, yeah. Yeah. Any kind of staff stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would say no. Why not? Just keep flying. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, it, that. but that's the part. You got to keep, like, yeah, let me be in 05 and keep flying. True. But I feel like if you had no staff and they went and made you an 05, like, I don't think they would expect you to go into a staff assignment as an 05 with no prior experience. I don't know. Because you're just kind of like, all right. You're the risk. You're the guy, 
right? You're just going to, I mean, like Commander Barris did it. So did Sanborn. Yeah. Those are the only two I know. And now PJ. Yeah. By that time, you're too much of a wild card. That's true. Yeah. The stripes on that tiger ain't changing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody take the new bonus? No. No? Not eligible. You're going to have to get me paid. Yeah. No, I. There, there's a lot that I've done it uh, on a personal level. It matches up with my timeline to retirement, but, mm-hmm. you know, 15 grand, just, uh, it ain't about the money, but got to have some freedom as, as airlines are opening things up. Yeah. I think it's nice to have the ability to jump ship or do something different. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know, have, have to be able Trump to card, like with the retire or the, excuse me, the uh, reserve option now. I mean, yeah. there's, um, not that I don't enjoy what I do, but there's, there's other opportunities out there yeah. to still maintain the affiliation and fly with the Coast Guard part-time. But Nick, you said you were a swimmer in oh. the Coast Guard, no? I was in the Coast Guard, thankfully. Yeah. Definitely not a Navy swimmer. Not I, Navy. I actually knew some Navy swimmers um, at, in Jacksonville when we were stationed out there, but um, they don't get to do near the amount of stuff that I don't think they're cut Coast from the Guard. same cloth. No, yeah. it's a little bit different. So um, the Navy swimmer program used to support Coast Guard swimmers, you know, mm-hmm. when the Coast Guard swimmer program was brand new. So our guys would go through Pensacola and they had a tough program. So when I was going through my airman program, um, there was some salty old swimmers who were ASTs slash ASMs really? who went through the, the Navy program and they would describe it as just, just hell, you know, worse than ours. Yes. Yeah. No yeah, way. They're just beating people up. Um, unfortunately the Navy program had a death during training. And so they, they totally throttled back on like their training Be- because philosophy. Because they were pushing people. Yeah, that I hard. think so. Dang. Wow. Yep. I can't tell you exactly like, right. you know, the story, but yeah, along those lines. So, um, yeah, pretty tough program. Yeah. Yep. What do you have like a, a moment or something where you're like, dude, this is so awesome being a swimmer, whether it was a case or like the decision to become a swimmer or what? You know, I think one of my first cases, um, you know, I was stationed in Cape Cod after A school and it was pretty cool being on the 60 platform, went to six, we had 60 J's um, and then we transitioned to tangos. And I think for this case, it was like a, a J model. Not that it makes any difference, but uh, we got we got a call out, and I wasn't even on duty, but the the duty swimmers like, hey man, I got this thing. Um, you seem pretty interested. You want to take this case for me? And I'm like, hell yeah, it's a medevac. Nice. It's like 300 miles from Cape Cod, so probably 225 miles offshore or something like that. Dang, dude. And we're just sending the 60, and we are we continue to send it, <laughs> and we keep going. And uh, we had a fel- we had Falcons there at the time before they replaced uh, before the Costas replaced them. Yeah. And um, I remember just looking out the window and I was like, the, the water turned this, this bright blue because we're in the Gulf Stream now. And just little clouds here and there, a falcon overhead and this tanker ship out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, dude, this is cool. Yeah, you know? it's like, awesome. If, this is Coast Guard. This is what we do and, and there's nobody else that can do this, right? Yeah. There's nobody else that will do this. And uh, especially that far offshore. And so basically the guy had appendicitis um, I think his appendix had burst already. So he was in some, he was the chief engineer and those guys are tough and he was in some pain. Squealing like yeah. a little bit. I was like, dang. So it was just a cool experience because it, it made me realize like we do something very unique and something really, really cool in the Coast Guard. Yeah. You know? What, uh, what made you, I mean, you're obviously a pilot now. What made you switch? 
Yeah. So before the Coast Guard, I started flight training, uh-huh. like private okay. pilot stuff when I was 18 years old. You never told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I haven't told you, about. <laughs> yeah. um, and I thought that was I thought that was great. You know, I had a had a good time doing it. It's more for recreational purposes, yeah. I think, than like career oriented. Um, so I started down that path, and then uh, I think I was probably about a year after high school. I was like, I should probably enlist in the Coast Guard. Uh, there's certain things that pushed me in that direction, anyways. So uh, no degree, no nothing. Like I was I was going enlisted, and I grew up playing water polo, mm-hmm. and I always. I grew up in Southern California. Everybody that was like a, a young male wanted to be a firefighter at the time. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Like this matches, get, yeah. to, eat, get to be an EMT. And so I kind of started in that direction of uh, want to become an AST. Um, and, and really the, the rest is history. Like I, I, I set that goal and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And, and then I did it. Um, but at some point, probably close to my 10 year mark, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to revisit that pilot thing. And uh, I was on a late night SAR case. Actually, uh, it was in Mobile, uh, Mobile Bay of all places when I was stationed oh, yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. We're out here searching for a PIW or something like that um, or, or an overdue vessel. Um, we, used to, we used to complain about ATC all the time. Because we wouldn't go do we're it. We're like, yeah. what are we doing out yeah. here? Like there's literally <laughs> helicopters flying overhead. Why During are we training, doing, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and I was like, I, was, I, was, I spoke up to the AC and I'm like, hey, like, what do I, what do I got to do to become a pilot in the Coast Guard? And we started talking about it. And then, and then I was like, ah, oh, it seems pretty competitive. And he's like, well, they got to choose somebody, you know? And I was like, you know what? It's good oh, advice, man. I like that. Yeah. I was like, I should, I should probably pursue this a little bit further. Yeah. And so I did and, and it all worked out and, yeah. and I'm glad I did. It's, it's cool being a pilot and just having a different perspective, I think. I would say that one of my, uh, one of the things I'm most envious about swimmers is you get back from a case right? They just do something. We all do something super cool. Swimmer got the rescue and then we go do missile and we go pull the RMM footage and we go do all this stuff. And the swimmers <laughs> oh, yeah, just, yeah, you know, take a quick shower. I'm going to go take a nap, play some video games oh, and yeah. then go home or you know, whatever. <laughs> like, a quick workout. Yeah. I was about I to say, probably go crush a iron real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like I got all the glory, not that they shouldn't have to do like any of the paperwork, but like we, uh, so that was probably a decent change for you. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I like <laughs> maybe like, you're wrapping a trail line after the SAR case or rinsing <laughs> yeah, off the basket, but yeah, dude. yeah, the responsibilities have changed a hundred percent, but, um, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I love, I love what I'm doing now and yeah, it's good. You know, um, it's, it's cool to be able to take, take a crew out and launch and drive the ship and then come back safe, you know? Yeah. And I've been on probably more cases where we haven't brought back survivors mm-hmm. um, because they were maybe, you know, like bogus PIWs or maybe it was a flare sighting or something like that. But it's still pretty rewarding to be able to go out and come back safe. I yeah. think that's cool. Yeah. How does it feel to be on the other side of hoisting? We used to complain about that squirrely pilot. Yeah, when you pop, Man. have you popped a swimmer or you drag a swimmer and be like, oh, I know exactly how you feel right I'm not now. trying to jinx myself. Um, you never been, have been pretty good happen. so far, man. Um, but I have been on some night hoist where I'm like, dude, this is scary and this is hard. Yeah. And I look back, I remember being a swimmer and during, you know, maybe we're, we just shut the engines down. We're assembling as a crew for the post, post-flight debrief. And I look at the, uh, the right seat pilot. I'm like, Hey sir, like that wasn't good. Like maybe it was an upgrade flight or something like yeah. that. And it's like, nah, you know, that wasn't really, but I, I, on the other side, I'm like, oh, this is hard. 
Yeah. It's just really hard, especially when we talk about nighttime stuff. Yeah. You know? Dude, every time I deploy a swimmer to like a boat, especially in San Francisco where you're like looking at some some sea state, yeah. not, not great, but in, it's a 47. <clears throat> I always look out the, the sliding door. I'm like, those swimmers are freaking crazy, dude. Like <laughs> they have no idea that we're like a half a second away from completely losing the bubble at any yeah. given time. Right, You're yeah. in the right seat. You're a little, you're gripping that <laughs> cyclic and you, you're like, yep. Um, ready aft, you know, just trying to like be cool or whatever. Yep. You know? Like, or just thinking in your head, get on the boat, disconnect, get on the boat, disconnect, yeah. the, hurry, hurry, <laughs> up, hurry, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Please no simulated EPs. <laughs> losing the bubble, losing the bubble. That's why Jake earlier was being so muscle. No, it's just pretty normal, dude. Like, yeah, right, dude. He was gripping the shit out of the cyclic. Absolutely, like, legs were all, dude. his quads were probably <laughs> sore for like three days. Yeah. I don't believe Jack for a second on that one, dude. No way. God dang, that's awesome. Gotta, if I can find this video, I need to show it to you. Had a had a great case with a wonderful IP, former ATC IP and assistant engineer, Mike Flint. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in the right seat. Challenging case. He offered it up to me, but I had had you know, some life saved recently, and I was like, no, Mike, you never get any action. Daytime, like great limited viz, you know, but not completely like, you know, operating VFR and IMC or 50 miles offshore for a medevac off like a 570 foot uh, tanker. And on the uh, East Coast, probably 10 foot seas. It was very surprising. Mm -hmm. About 40 knot winds. And uh, we send our swimmer down, Eric Young. And I need to lace wrecking ball to the RMM footage I have of this. <laughs> he went full swing, out of whatever the length of that um, cable was forward came back as we're coming to it between like it, that thing was probably rocking like 20 degrees like side to side oh, as we're geez. approaching it and um went full forward went back nobody could see him and cable got caught up like behind the um the uh sliding door like where that little gap right? there yeah and like kind of snagged for a moment popped out and it goes and like we, we bring him back up we're like oh my god and he's like yeah i'm not going back down oh man put the basket in the trail line down yeah um yeah but Watching that, I'm like, that dude, nerves of steel. Yeah. What, what we put y'all through. I remember, I remember that too, because um, you guys came back. I was the, the public affairs officer and uh, I was like, oh, I guess we should probably put this video together for, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. the, the PAOs or whatever district. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you might want to take a, a look good at it video. You, you know, it's yeah, you wild, wild in the aftermath because I'm like, you know, we, we get back on shore and then go another like, I don't know, over a hundred miles inland to take the... Uh, the patient, well, yeah. the survivor to like a burn center, like uh, chemical burns in the eyes. That's right. Instead of going to the nearest hospital, they wanted sector to wanted you to go Augusta. way for, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, yeah, we, we get out of like all the, um, you know, the weather with, uh, yeah, the low ceilings, get, get uh, inland and, uh, you know, dropped the patient off, landed a buck 40. Mike Flint didn't care. Not that they didn't care. He's like, we're over land. Like we have places to land. We're, we're getting this guy here at yeah. the airport. And then, you know, as we're fatigued, like just like fighting weather all the way to the air fact, out to the case, timing this and uh, not one time did it pass our minds like, oh, like we, we kind of noticed that there were witness marks on the um, on the aircraft from the cable. And we're like, oh, that cat, that cable actually probably took a pretty good pop. The uh, the mech had checked it on its way up. But okay. after we re reviewed the sh footage, we're like, ooh. That actually like popped a lot harder than anybody realized. Did it uh, require replacement? Uh, was it, it kinked? It did. It wasn't kinked, um, but yeah. you know, if it was enough, like, I guess, uh, you know, force to leave witness marks on the aircraft, and then like the whole like we didn't perceive that as like, oh, aircraft damage. 
like, oh, no, actually, like, you kind of have some aircraft damage. We probably should have been like, oh, ops, by the way, we're not a good star asset right yeah. now. I mean, Although we're, like, super far inland, we were like, yeah, we're obviously not get, getting diverted to star on our way back after almost bagging. Yeah. But uh, it was fun. I was even going to say, like, okay, so you try to put the swimmer down. You're like, oh, that didn't go well. Cool. We'll just get the guy instead. Like, good thing he didn't know that you, you tried. Could, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate he couldn't see, but it probably would have you know, kept him calmer that he couldn't see what just happened. But, right. well, you know, working with a foreign crew, trying to convey to them, hey, can you work like, you know, we call it a trail line. They call it like a pay line or something else to be like, yeah. hey, can Piece you. Piece of rope. Yeah. And they, they were able to do that. And that was the best case for that. That probably would have worked from the beginning, but, you know, lessons learned. Yeah. As we always, the swimmer, you know, normally wants to go down to assess. Has anybody ever had a case where they've had to cut the uh, cable and put the quick splice on and keep going? No. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. Nope. I sometimes think about that, like, you know, because that, that could have been one of those instances, like, yeah. you know, if, that, it had, if it had come up and it was kinked, then, like, that's your only option. Yeah, you gotta that, that really is. I mean, that would have been a time where you were stable enough to be like, okay, how much cable do we have left? Where do you think it's at? Just Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on uh, Blake Morris's... Um, Aircraft commander like RT4 Star Check, Advanced Star Check. Uh -huh. I gave that to him. Did you really? Yeah. And I told the flight man, I was like, do not, do not give him any hints. Um, so he's like, yeah, hey, sir, like the cable, like, yeah, I got it, but we're not going to be able to complete, we're not going to be able to get this person off. And so I'm like feeding the boat and being like, hey, like they're, this person's like blood pressure's going down. And of course, Blake's like, well, you know, you've got the quick splice back oh, there. And I was come like, on, of course come he on, would. Blake. Blake. So, of course he got the right answer. There's all the answers to the test. He's smart. I know. I would have been sweating, dude. <laughs> I would have uh, oh, we got a shear and then we can get it back out. I'd, I would have yeah. said something super dumb. Just land on the yeah. back of this thing. Yeah, that too. Ob absolutely. Tip the hat. <laughs> get down in there. Put the uh, gear down. Got to put one wheel on. Yeah, exactly. So I recently had uh, a, a good... Um, you know, sphincter uh, grabbing moment in the aircraft. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had one of those in a while. Um, so I was, I was flying out in Astoria the past couple of weeks and we just did uh, a training module that we've been thinking about doing forever. Um, and so you probably know Nick from going there as a swimmer, but uh, we've got a cave out there that we send the swimmers uh, in and out of. So like they can actually go swim in, check the cave hydraulics, all that kind of stuff. And we show all these, we, t we teach a lecture and show these videos about potential cave rescue techniques, but usually the winds uh, and our time uh, frame don't work out to actually put the aircraft out there. So we try to do it this last session. Um, and so the cave is right at the base of probably a 200 foot cliff uh, point of lands, Cape Disappointment right there. And of course, uh, so it faces westward. Um, so of course we had east winds, east winds coming up over that cliff and down. So uh, the first thing you had to do is try and get in there. So the the winds are actually wrapping around the cliff. Uh, and so the winds were essentially out of the south uh, as they came wrapping around, which if you came into the wind, then you would be door away from the cave. And so the rescue technique that we were doing there was uh, we were trying to have crews float a sling into the cave with a trail line. Uh, and if we couldn't do that, then the swimmers were already down in the cave. So they'd swim out, grab the sling, swim in. Uh, grab the survivor and then give us a thumbs up. And all you do is you can just tie like an overhand knot in the um, in the trail line and, this, and the flight mech holds onto that and you can just, you know, tow the swimmer out about three knots or so, uh, which it works great. But the whole getting into that specific position in a helicopter that's power limited and uh, with winds that gnarly. So I thought that maybe I could do a tailwind approach. Dink. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I get into the best part about this is like, uh, I'm flying with, uh, Andrew Breen, um, from Houston. And so we're coming down and, you know, I'm starting to slow down to probably where, uh, I'm just getting out of ETL. I still got 15 knots of forward airspeed, but I got 15 knots of tailwind behind me and we're pulling 97%. And I'm like, I, I know if I just get through it, then this will work out. But then we didn't get through it. And then we had a kind of a, uh, aggressive nose, nose over to get out. We safely got out of there. But the best part about this was, um, the three other 65 instructors that were out there that week were all standing on the uh, jetty, just watching me do this. And I fly <laughs> over the top of them. All of them have double thumbs down. Oh, They're no. just giving me like major, <laughs> major boo, uh, man. But like even going into the wind, uh, and then we did it. We finally got a, uh, pedal turn through that like 15, 20 knot tailwind and then just did some tailwind hoisting. That was, that was really good for me because I hadn't done that in forever. And, um, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, I feel like. Sometimes we don't practice pedal turns in, in heavier wind sets, uh, which is probably that I found for me was like a detriment for trying to get into that. I don't know if you practice that at all, Kenny. I like to try to, to do some, anything with like a little bit of tailwind. Yeah. I think anything over like, you know, 15 knots, I think you're kind of playing with fire a little bit. But yeah. It was like, know, a like 10, that eight, 10 to, eight to 10, I think yeah. is, um, is good to see because you may operationally find yourself in a position where you're like, yeah, I kind of need to accept a little bit of a tailwind yeah. here. Well, and when we got into that tailwind, uh, the power margin was great. Granted, I didn't feel comfortable getting into that tailwind until like I was about 500 pounds of gas. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I really had to be light, but it, a little bit of dancing on the pedals, but other than that, it was ETL good. ETL is ETL or it's exactly. forward, back, left or right. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> so um, I think you guys are right. I mean, you look at the chart, like it, it looks like we can take more sometimes, but it depends on like how sustained the wind is yeah and um now you're you're right though like you want to wait till you're light but there's so many times we're like stacked with like you know evolutions on the card we're trying to get done oh yeah that we don't always like have that play time to be like oh cool i have a like a lot of time here kind of getting bored with the hoisting why don't i just like mess around with like feeling the aircraft because we have the power margin for it yeah just you know anticipating a little bit busier feet yeah and i it I needed to, I need to practice that more. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that my first tour it being in San Francisco, I showed up like a month or two months after they had the mishap on the ramp there where they were doing a test flight. I think they were doing, um, the AFCS, uh, stuff on the card and they ended up putting the aircraft down, uh, and it was a class alpha. So after that, it was like, Hey, you don't need to do a full th pedal turn, 360 pedal turn for those, uh, for those control inputs. And you can just go like left or right when the wind's really hard. So maybe that's part of it and why I, I so don't do it that did often. Did you over -torque? No, I didn't. Okay. No. Jake Dorsey dinked uh, three times on that one. Uh, okay. I managed to not dink. Uh, but that pedal turn's kind of sketch because you either pedal turn left so you don't take as much power. But when you do it at that cliff, then you pedal turn into the cliff. Right. And so you don't have any outs if something happens. Uh, I mean, you can over -torque, But if something happens to the engine, you're... You're kind of screwed. And then pedal turning to the right, uh, we were pulling 95% torque starting. Yeah. So then that's kind of uncomfortable because you're using the power pedal. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I was flying with Maggie uh, about a month and a half ago, and it was hot, and there was absolutely zero wind, and it was kind of swirling around. So it would be like no wind, and then it would be like kind of a gust out of this direction, and then one from the north and one from the south, and we were, were doing a DIW. <laughs> like, let's see, let's just see if we can do this, right? 
get the tray line on deck and I told the flight mech, like, hey, do not start setting the basket down until I give you, like, hey, yeah, we're, we're good to go. Tray line's on deck, come over there, and, like, we were getting these gusts, and it was, like, start to settle, nose to start coming to the left is, like, we would get this, like, kind of left cross, left quartering, mm -hmm. put in a little right pedal, like, oh, there's 99%, like, hold it, we'd, like, descend down, catch it, like, 20 feet, mm -hmm. come back up. But it was embarrassing. We couldn't finish it. I yeah. didn't think we could finish it without over-torquing. Yeah. It was just a very sad moment I know. for me. Uh, but, but when yeah. they remove the floats from the 65, dude, you're going to have power for days. What do we uh, say? 100 pounds? 100, 150 pounds? Who no knows? Kidding. Dude, yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't you, think they're going away. No. Yeah, they probably... I don't You don't think so? I don't think so. Really? Um, I will say the Echo... So for you guys, I know you're still Delta, but the Echo... Um, oral tone happens at 100% now. And so I don't know if I, I'm sure all of us have pulled 100 a lot of times in the Delta and obviously haven't had it captured or had any oral tone because uh, it does that, well, 102.5, I think, in the Delta. Mm -hmm. um, got a lot of dinks when I was out in Astoria. <laughs> a lot of dinks. We're in the dink club. I'm, uh, I know Derek, Derek had one similar to you where they were doing some Urban SAR and pulling 100% torque and just settling. Settle and settle and hold it, hold it, hold yes. it, hit ground effect, and then come back up. So it's not most comfortable aircraft to fly sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So are, that, you, are you saying oral? Oral? <laughs> yeah. O oral? Okay. I just want to make sure. Oral? Yeah. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. You were saying oral, I think. Dude, tomato, tomato, man. But also, the 65 has a transient torque, and I don't think we use it enough. Dude, what's the plenum deck again? Dude, the plenum deck it's is- oral. <laughs> uh it's a, it's a thing. You just, just trust me. It's a thing. All right. Trust me. Dude. You have to ask. You can't afford it. There, <laughs> You're not getting that on your cruise package. Yeah, dude, there's none. Yeah. Um, well, you got any other, uh, any other topics to talk about? I think we're moving into the holidays here. Yeah. 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 Well, for, for that, then wish everybody a safe holiday season. We'll get a couple more episodes sent your way here, everybody, for those who are listening. And, uh, uh, like Kenny said, we need to know max number, over torques, uh, tail stinger strikes. What what does the 60 have that they could talk about? How many times you peed yourself in a flight? Like six or seven hours of flying? Yeah, that's that long happen. pause was perfect. Probably pee bags. How many yeah, pee bags <laughs> you filled up? How many pee bags, How many pee bags filled? Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Is there anything else? Probably not. Uh, 144s might have some stuff. One four C twenty sevens like overspeed yeah. flaps overspeed, and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how many uh, just flat landings you've blasted into oblivion on the runway? Oof. Hot brakes. Hot brakes. I think hot brakes is a thing. Hot brakes is a thing. And the one forty four. Okay. Who's got hot brakes? <laughs> Who's got them? Uh, uh, it's if they have enough tires to be able to do all those landings. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, we do like to end uh, every episode with some sort of. A uh, piece of advice, whether it is aviation related or or life, whatever that is. But um, Rob, what you got for us, dude? You got any advice? Yeah, for yeah. The listeners, you know, I feel like I do. Whether it's in the office or in an aircraft, you're gonna do something a little weird or like <laughs> unconventional. Just tell somebody what you're doing. <laughs> run, run up by them. <laughs> That's called CRM this, in the office and in the aircraft. This is about to get weird. Yeah. No, it's just like, hey, I'm going to yeah. do something a little different. <laughs> Here's my thought process. <laughs> and if you do that and it checks out with the other people, they might be like, cool. I think that sounds reasonable. 
you know. Okay. Outside of it, it, same with yeah. office work. That is yeah, a good thing. Like, no, that's not going to work. But like yeah, exercise that CRM. Do you yeah. I want you to know what's on my mind so we can share whatever yeah. weird mental model I'm experiencing. Yeah. Do you have a recent example? Uh, no, <laughs> no, not really. I'm, I'm pretty plain these days. Got it. Over to you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So I'm taking that uh, CRM in the aircraft and in the office and possibly at home. Oh, yes. oh, that's good. Right. Okay. CRM across the board. Yeah, this is balanced. Life balance. CRM. Yeah. Um, I'll leave with this. Uh, take care of yourself. You know, going into the holidays is tough and uh, look after your family and um, make make the best of the time that you have. That's about it. I like yeah. it. A little somber, but no, no, it's, be, Im- it's important to take care of yourselves first. You're right. Reach out to uh, some homies if you ever need anyone to talk to. Yeah, yeah for sure. Guys, great to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks for, thanks for joining Enjoyed us. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, stay safe out there, everybody. We say-